Today we're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew 9, 35, 10 to 8. The handout should have this. I'm going to read the passage and then we'll dive in. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who was in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And then in chapter 10, Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also called Peter, then Andrew, Peter's brother, James, son of Zebedee, John, James's brother, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, I'm sorry, Thomas, Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Jesus sent out the twelve apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Well, that ends the lectionary, but I added another piece that we'll dive into. Don't He adds some additional instructions. Don't take any money in your money belts. No gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals, or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality, because those who work deserve to be fed. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. And then he adds, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and mind be pleasing to you, O oh God, and reflect the truth that you want to share through me today. So as we go into this passage, it's really rich and it's easy to jump into the sending um, as he sends the disciples out with, uh, with very specific instructions. But I want to spend some time in these first couple verses because they're so... Full. So Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages in that area, teaching in the synagogues, announcing the good news, and healed every kind of disease and illness. Luke tells us that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. We know that Jesus came to save, uh, to bring his kingdom, bring his kingdom near to help people come uh, to know him. And this, this illustrates the core of his ministry for many years as he's going out from town to town over and again. So just imagine with me what that must have been like. Jesus walking the dirt roads from town to town, maybe traveling on boat from one, um, one town to another. Uh, but his disciples with him, he's teaching and healing. I wonder what that must have been like. Long days, where would they steal away to rest? How would they recharge? There were no Airbnbs or travel agents to plan out their itinerary and know they were, they were going to stay from town to town, but just going 
doing the work that God had for them to do in one place and then leaving, healing there and then leaving and going to the next. And in the midst of that, some would receive the good news. Others would question. They might doubt. Still others were critical, perhaps plotting against him as we know happened. And then the people of the villages coming to Jesus, looking for him to seek healing, um, suffering in many different ways, perhaps worried, afraid, struggling. And they would finish there and they would start again. So have you ever moved either from neighborhood, from one house to another, uh, from a town to another, from state to state? Moving is big. You go to a new place. We've moved a number of different times and everything is new. The people are new the places, the traditions. Um, I remember in high school moving from Pennsylvania to Maryland to Georgia and what we called soda pop or Pepsi or Sprite was pop and then it was soda and then in Georgia everything was Coke even if it was Sprite. <laughs> so you just, so, but, but thinking about just picking up and moving from place to place and having to, to integrate and, um, and connect with people and receive and teach. What Jesus is doing here as they go from place to place is he's modeling for the disciples what they will do after he's gone. Now, they may not yet realize that, but as they're going from town to town, they're with him, and they're experiencing all of it. They're observing, but they're walking with him. They're seeing the people. They're seeing the struggles that people are experiencing. They see the joy and the healing and the peace that comes through Jesus' healing of everything that they bring to him. Do they realize that they're learning as they go? So as we think about different things that we've learned throughout our lives, whether a new skill, swimming, playing an instrument, kayaking, which was my new learning a couple summers ago, uh, or shadowing in a job, how to work a cash register, a little square, straight thing <laughs> that's part of the technology now. Um, orientation for a new position, what do we do? We come alongside and we watch, we're instructed, and we learn. As a pharmacist, my last year in pharmacy school was spent in a series of five-week rotations working in different practice settings with pharmacists, watching what they did, taking part in the conversations, observing, listening, and then having opportunities to do some of the things myself under close watch and supervision. So all this is going on, um, this is what's happening here, is he's preparing them for what he is about to do, and certainly what, uh, what will come after he is gone. So I wonder what it was like for the disciples. Crowds coming toward them at each new place as word maybe began to spread, uh, hoping to see Jesus seeking healing and suffering. Was it exciting? Was it overwhelming? Frustrating? I wonder. What are they seeing as they go and what are they thinking? Do they feel open um, or discouraged? Uh, was it exhausting? I think it may have been. How do you think you might have felt uh, or reacted? In, in verse 36, Matthew's talking about Jesus and he says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus wasn't frustrated or any of those things that perhaps we might feel or even anxious. Um, he saw to the core 
He saw what they needed. He saw their struggle. He saw their lack of direction, their need. And how did he respond? He was moved with compassion to heal and to bring freedom. So when he sees, when he saw them, when he sees us, when he sees others around us, he sees where we're struggling, where we may be feeling confused, oppressed, victimized, whether we're lost in fear, guilt, shame, uh, whether people feel condemned, isolated, excluded, Jesus' heart is moved with compassion, and he moves toward us to bring healing, wholeness, peace, and hope. Jesus' compassion also reflects God's nature. In Exodus 34, 6, uh, God passes in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, and faithfulness. And even Jesus, in his own words, in Matthew, as he's describing himself, he says, I am gentle and humble at heart, and I will bring rest. So Jesus has moved with compassion as he sees the needs of the heart so clearly. He sees them as confused and helpless, striving perhaps, sheep without a shepherd. This refers back to the Old Testament in Ezekiel, the prophet of Ezekiel was speaking. He said, the Lord, the Lord, I'm sorry, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not care for the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You've not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally, so they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for the wild animals. My sheep wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. High hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched for them. Would this be true of the Pharisees of their day? Is that how they were? shepherding or not shepherding the people. He then goes on to say, for this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I was saying about that today. I will tend them in a good pasture in the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. They will lie down in good grazing land and they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And that's what Jesus does. That's what he's doing here. And so he's, he's pouring this into the disciples and helping them to see this. He's helping them to see what he's seeing, um, not maybe what our human nature would cause us to see out of human tradition or processes or judgment, which is so easily fallen into in the church. What about in this day? So we, we sang Psalm 23 this morning. Love that, that you all chose to, to bring that psalm. I know a couple weeks ago, Eduardo, as he was, um, was preaching out of John 10, the good shepherd spent some time here. The Lord is my shepherd. We can live with him leading and guiding and protecting 
and providing for us, loving for us. He makes us lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and yours. Yesterday as I streamed uh, the memorial service, some of you may have seen the message that I sent uh, that I sent this morning, but it was a memorial service of uh, the father of dear friends, and they shared this song, and that at the end there were Throughout the psalm, there was a response, there was a refrain as part of the response that was, Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Do we long for him to shepherd us? What is so beautiful here is Jesus is helping his disciples to see what he sees. And that also is instructive to us and can help us see more clearly he then says out of this moment of sharing this compassion with them that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So he's showing them. He's giving them the vision. He's showing the problem. Uh, he states the problem and he invites them to do what? When we have a problem, pray. Go to God for guidance, for assistance. So he's modeling that. So he's planted this vision and this seed and showing the need and, and invites them to pray. And with that, the what they're learning goes from their head and moves into their heart and becomes their heart's desire, too, as they seek God in helping to send workers into the, into the harvest. It sprouts the desire in their heart for God to send, work, send workers to people who are struggling without hope, without peace, as life is, pre is pressing in. Who do you know who is struggling? workplace, your neighborhood. Maybe it's you right now. Jesus gives them and he gives us the vision and plants that desire in our hearts. And this isn't just a checkbox prayer. They've seen firsthand. They've seen the miraculous healing and the result, the resulting peace, the joy, the wholeness and peace that he can bring. So think for a moment. What vision has God given you? What needs around you has he been showing you that you think about when you're not meaning to think about them? Things that are beginning to burn in your heart. What's he saying to you about that? So from this place, Jesus has, has oh, they have been apprenticing with Jesus. He gives them the vision. He has them pray, plants it in their heart, and then what does he do? In chapter 10, he sends them. <laughs> he sends them out. They become the workers. So Jesus called his 12 together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. And that's exactly the phrase that was used about Jesus in the first verse that we read this morning in verse, uh, in verse 35, um, that he would cast, that he would heal every kind of disease and illness. So it shows that they're they're being equipped and empowered to do exactly what Jesus what Jesus does. Mm -hmm. And he sent them out with these instructions. And we'll talk about this for a second, but I want to say he calls them by name. He gives them his authority. He gives them clear directions on what they're to do, where they're to go and not go. Um, and then Mark's gospel says he sends them out in twos. Let's talk for a minute about where he says go only to the lost sheep of Israel, and not, he specifies, not the Samaritans, and not the Gentiles. It's like, well, but we thought that 
So that, that can be confusing as we look at other, at other passages in Scripture. But what Jesus is doing here is they're going out first. Like this is the first time he is sending the disciples out. Later he'll send 72, he'll send more. But this is the very first time they're going. And as part of God's covenant um, with the Jewish people, with the people of Israel, he wants the disciples to go and find those lost sheep who are still there who want to come back into uh, into the fold. Um, so he keeps his covenant, as Ezekiel mentioned, as, um, as his covenant with, with Abraham announcing, and then he tells them to announce that the kingdom of heaven is near. And kingdom of heaven, in particular, is something that would be, that would resonate with the Jewish people so that those who were still people of peace might come along. So he goes to them first. He would then move on from there eventually, and in fact, Jesus would, if you recall the story of him uh, with the Samaritan woman at the well, and then the people that she would that she would bring. So we know it's his heart eventually, but this specific time, he's sending them first to the lost sheep of Israel. So he sends them with authority to heal every kind of disease and illness, just like we said. It's their turn on mission. They're charged, but yet there's this tension, because what does he say? Don't take anything with you. <laughs> So if you think about going on a trip or going on a mission or having a project to do, you're, you equip yourself. You take all of the things that you need in order to be successful. And he's saying, I give you all authority to go do these things. Don't take anything with you. <laughs> so there's this tension that he creates that between this authority and power that he gives, yet this dependence and place of humility. It's exactly, it's that. Um, tension between the power and the humility. So what does that look like to depend on God? We take his power and his wisdom, but we take it in humility toward others. Humility of thinking, of, humility of self is thinking kindly and highly toward others. Jesus says in Luke, deny yourself, your wants, your fears and follow me. Paul teaches in Philippians 2 to have the mind of Christ and in humility to count others better than ourselves. Peter also teaches, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Luke 6, 36, be merciful as your Father is merciful. So he gives us his power and authority, but not to lord it over people, not to condemn or judge, but in humility to help see them and see their needs the way he sees them and share his love and his peace and his hope and his light. A number of years ago, I had um, two opportunities to serve on mission in Guatemala. And we had, we did medical mission, we provided um, distribution of, of bulk supplies of food, weeks worth of food for families who were struggling in food insecurity and starvation. And prior to going on mission, we were all encouraged to read a book called When Helping Hurts. Mm. Because it's easy to get into a mindset that I'm gonna come and rescue you mm -hmm. in my power. And so the humility, but that's not how Jesus came, right? Jesus comes in humility, and that's how he calls us to go out. 
uh, in humility, to see others as he sees them. The passage that John read for us this morning in Romans 5, we've been made right in God's sight. By faith we have peace with God through Jesus. And it gives us a fresh look at how Jesus empowers and equips us. Picking up on the last few weeks as we've talked about salvation um, by grace through faith and the importance of those and justification. So justification, Jesus makes us to be just as if we are without sin, justified. Um, through faith, by his grace. It is an undeserved privilege. And this passage talks about how we can rejoice even when we run into problems. Now, it's not saying that we rejoice for the problems themselves, because life can be very hard. and Some really difficult things happen. But what we know is that no matter what trials life brings our way, that God is with us Amen. in the midst of it. And he walks each of those steps with us. And he eventually will work it for good in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. But in those moments, those trials help us to develop endurance. And that endurance develops strength of character, which strengthens our confident hope of our salvation in him. And that hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Amen. Do you know Amen. how dearly God loves you? When we were utterly helpless, Christ came. This passage goes on to say helpless, harassed and helpless like the sheep without the shepherd. Can you think about a time maybe in your life where you felt that way? Confused, helpless, wandering, striving, controlling, struggling, trying to, trying to do things on our own without him as our shepherd to guide. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while we were still struggling, while we were still trying to figure it all out on our own. He came, and he gave, and he died on the cross, and he overcame that death that we might have life. So think about a time where you felt that way. Who were those people who helped to point you to Jesus? to help take your hand and put it into his, and to walk with him. Those are workers that he sent to the harvest. We have that opportunity to do that for others, too. But take a moment to reflect on those people. Um, I had a devotion earlier this week that guided me to do that and reached out and just stopped for a moment. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Ten years ago, I wasn't sure what it looked like to walk with Jesus. I knew how to come to church. I, I had that part down. Um, but I was missing a whole lot more. But it would be people who would help me see his love, receive it, understand it's for me, mm -hmm. and begin to walk in that. And we have the privilege to do that with others. So I ask again, what has God planted that's burning in your heart? Who are the people that he's bringing to mind as we sit here today and reflect on his word? Who are the people that need his love, his mercy, his grace, peace, and hope as they're striving? What is God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you.
We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love that helps us in so many ways. Lord, thank you for helping us to learn your way. Help us to walk in your way. Thank you for showing your presence amid our struggles. Lord, we thank you for the people that you've brought into our lives that point us to you, that help us to see you, to learn to walk with you, to receive your love. Lord, we thank you that you are with us in the midst of trials, uh, in the midst of things that sometimes are so hard in our lives. Lord, we trust you, we thank you, and we love you. Amen. Lord, we just, we want to see with, with your eyes. We want to hear with your ears. Amen. We want to speak the words that you would speak, Lord. Amen. Help us to take moments to be quiet with you, to think and pray before we speak. Lord, we trust your word says that you would give us uh, words that are gracious and seasoned with salt uh, so that we would know how to answer each person. Would you help us to do that, Lord? Lord, thank you that you have compassion on us, that you are merciful, that you are loving, and that you are good. We praise you, we love you, and we thank you. 